Hey friends, this is Caitlin, and I'm so grateful you've decided to join me on The Comeback Couch. So kick off your shoes, put up your feet, and get comfortable with real stories that have shaped real people. You'll hear from doctors, lawyers, mechanics, and moms who shared their experiences of hope, healing, and holding on when it would have been so much easier to give up. Occasionally, you'll hear a story, a teaching, or a quick thought from me. I hope you'll curl up with a cup of coffee and stay a while as we sit on the comeback couch and learn a little more about life and the hope we can find when we look close enough. Hey friends, welcome back to the comeback couch. We have a super fun guest today. Her name is Katie Westenberg, and she is the author of But Then She Remembered, How to Give God Your Full Attention in a Distracted World. Everybody said amen. That is such a needed message. I know, especially for someone like me, mama of two little kids, um, I find myself getting distracted a lot. Katie, as I'm saying, I have two kids, has double that, four kids, um, homeschool mom, lives in the Pacific Northwest and preaches and teaches and talks all about Jesus there. Um, so excited to have you here with us today. Hey, Katie. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I literally like giggle when I think, oh my gosh, life's so stressful. I have two kids. And I'm like, literally you have double that. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It was then too. I remember those years and they, they kind of like grow in capacity, right? So when you have the capacity, yes. they take it up. So I was busy when I had one and two as well. That is such a good way to put it because yeah, it's hard if you have one, five, seven, because it is, it's like a capacity thing. And That's right. it's cool that God allows you to grow with that capacity, but you're like, all the time I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I wish I would have known how easy it could have been when I only had the one, but right. it was hard then too. So I should have enjoyed that just, more. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cause I'm like, when I only have one of them, especially when I only have the three month old, I'm like, oh, this is a breeze. Like yes, people, all of my friends right now who have like a, a newborn and a toddler, we're like, it's a joke that people say newborn is hard. Because toddler, no one can prepare you for the toddler phase. You know, it's, so my oldest is 18 and I still think that toddler phase might've been the hardest. I mean, things, you have different kinds of hard, but sure. that toddler stage is uniquely hard. So you're going, once you get through there, like it's, I don't want to say it's downhill, but nothing is challenging in the same way as toddlers are. So, okay, that so honestly makes grace me and mercy feel, there. yes, makes me feel so much better. makes me feel seen because I'm like, <laughs> I know that it'll be hard when we have, yes, teenagers, college kids, all the things, but I'm like, am I just crazy or weak or whatever? But, and I have a very um, strong willed, intelligent little toddler boy. Mm -hmm. And when I say boy, I mean, boy, like <laughs> took him with a friend of mine yesterday to the, like our botanical gardens here. She has this sweet, calm little girl when she left. She was just still in her clothes, normal. I had to give him a full, like he had dirt in every crevice of his body. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Good. So if I can get through, you can get this, through this and then yes. the next toddler boy, cause I have a feeling he's going to be the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it doesn't get progressively more difficult anyways. I thought, yeah, I might as well give okay. up now. I might as well fold uh, three years old. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, that gives me hope. And honestly, that is such a good segue for talking about what we're going to talk about today coming back from just the age of distraction. And like, I feel like, especially in this phase of my life, it's so easy to get to the end of the day and then become distracted without even realizing that's what I'm doing. Because 
I'm exhausted. I hit the couch. My husband hits the couch and we hit our phones Mm -hmm. and I'm like, we've got to get off our phones, but it's so easy to just get distracted because if it's not a phone, it's the TV. I mean, so what, why did you even write about this? And, and what have you learned through writing about this and living it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the whole book right there, basically, you know, just feeling the felt need myself, of course. Right. Because I'm, I'm right there in the same boat, living in the same world and same culture that you are. Yeah. And, um, it's a pretty, pretty universal, um, stressor in our lives. Like we know that we're constantly distracted, all kinds of evidence and research is proving that, that I think some 60% of Americans will say they're addicted to their phone. So we can say that and, and we don't really feel like we have the tools to deal with it or, um, even want to sometimes we just kind of become apathetic to the whole thing. Yeah. And then at the same time, um, I'm raising teenagers mostly in my house, right? I have three teenagers. And, and so it was several years ago when they were coming into these years thinking, if my job is to lead them well, then I've got to figure this out to some degree because I don't even know what to do with this. You know, I, I don't want to become yeah. apathetic, but I, I have to realize at the same time, technology has brought all kinds of good into our world. I would sure, not be yeah. communicating with you if it weren't for exactly. all of these technologies. So um, they're not wholly bad, but they're not wholly good. And 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 some of these um, technologies, most of these technologies, actually, I didn't even have when I was a kid. So it's mm-hmm. not like I can do what my parents did. On a lot of parenting things, we kind of either do what our parents did or exactly the opposite it because we know that wasn't healthy. So we're going to go another sure. direction, but we almost have just no history. Like what, what are we going to do here? So I think that's what really pushed me into what are our options? What does this look like in light of scripture, in light of a biblical worldview? How, how do we process these things? So that was really the driving force behind this book was just my own personal knowledge to learn how to unpack all of this. Yeah. And um, as you're raising teens and even now, like with a toddler, it's so important to model this for our children, because even if we never say anything about it, they're watching us. I mean, just the other day, my toddler, he literally said, my husband was like looking up something on his phone. He was like, daddy, put your phone down. And I'm like, they are noticing at the age of two. And then, yeah. How are you going to tell a teenager? Like, Hey, you can only have an hour a day on your phone, but then they're at home and mom and dad are just scrolling on their phones. Right. Right. Yes. Because we also don't want to develop resentment in them. So, so we can Mm. force down those really hard laws. This is how it's going to be. And they might adhere to them while they're in our home. But if our goal is to raise healthy people that leave our house that are wholehearted and not only, um, love the law, but love the heart behind the law. If that's what we're after, if that's what we're leading them in, then these hard and fast rules, that kind of obedience isn't really what I'm after anyways. Right. So, so there's this transition between when our kids are young saying, yeah, no, you don't put your finger in that light socket. That's a hard no. And then it just changes where we talk Mm -hmm. about things as they get older and we talk about the why. And eventually when they're getting really close to leaving my home, I want them to be making the decisions. I want them to have enough input. Let's have the conversation and I want to see you make a right decision. So, so that's what mm. I guess um, made it a little bit trickier. Like, how can I lead you to get the heart behind this rather than just the actions? That is so good and so cool that like right before we got on here, um, God knew that this would happen. My mom sent me um, an Instagram reel and it talked again. I mentioned to you um, and I think I said it at the very beginning of this, that I have a very strong willed um, toddler and he's always kind of um no or why or you know he's just he wants to test every single boundary I set and I realize that's not inherently bad because he is intelligent and he's 
that's why he's testing boundaries. And this reel said like, Hey, this is not a popular opinion, but if your child is doing that, it is a sign of intelligence and leadership because they, they're like, wait a second, why do I have to adhere to this? And that is what we want. We want to raise children and men and women who don't just say, oh, well, I've been told that that's what I have to do because the ultimate goal for us as believers is to raise men and women who make their own decision to accept Christ. So, I mean, as heavy as that is, and as like dramatic as that is, it's like every single decision and every single rule we make is teaching them, hey, you get to make the ultimate decision between right and wrong and Jesus and not Jesus. So, you know, even something like a cell phone or technology, I love that advice that it's not just What's that? It's like, I feel like it was so maybe even like grandparents generation where it's like, why do I do that? Well, because I said so. And I think that truthfully, that's such like a lazy answer. And just to say like, well, we don't, we don't cheat on tests because I said so. No, why don't we? And how does that relate back to Jesus? So how have you shown your children or talk to your children about how this idea of distraction, whether it be cell phones or something else, how have you told them that that relates back to the gospel? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the first thing is that I, I let them know it's not a brand new idea because I think sometimes we're even deceived by that ourselves. Like we talk about it now because it's everywhere. Yeah. It's right in front of our face, but I think distraction, it, you know, and I define that in the book is like a dragging or drawing away from what we want to focus mm. on that has been an issue through all of human history, right? We can find those Israelites wandering in the desert because they took their eyes off of God, right? They forgot, Mm -hmm. they failed to remember. That's where we get this remembering component, what God had did, done. And in that they became distracted. Okay. So, um, that this isn't a new issue. This is a thin struggle behind this. And we're not just going to talk about phones and we're not just going to talk about social media. We're going to say, what is the layer behind this? That that's really causing the problem here. Okay. And then, and then after that, we can talk about all of the good we get from some of these things from social media, Mm -hmm. from, from the use of our phone. The other day I was just talking to a friend and she was studying or she was listening to like some podcasts and stuff, learning all about premenopausal issues, right? Mm-hmm. And she was saying, you know, none of this information was available to my mom. My mom never right. you know, just think like, I'm kind of going crazy for a few years, but now we know about hormones yes. and supplements and so much information that we just didn't have access to before. And that I thought, can be so helpful. That. Yeah. Yes. So we can sit yes. here on one hand and be like, so frustrated by the technology and say, I don't want anything to do with it. And I'm, I promise I've thought those things at the time. I just want to delete all the apps from my phone oh, and be done with it. Amen. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I have to be thankful for the resources God has provided this generation for us to know and learn and communicate the gospel in new ways. So I hope to help my kids have a really healthy perspective of that. Let's not jump off one side of the cliff or the other, but let's think, okay, there is this technology that is a tool before us to be used for good or for evil. And it is my job as a believer to steward that well. So we talk mm-hmm. about it more in terms of stewardship than anything love else. That. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Okay. So that so helps with what I was just about to ask you, which is kind of the shame. Um, I think that that is such a perfect way to get rid of the shame is to turn it into a stewardship conversation, mm-hmm. not an all or nothing thing, which I have such an all or nothing personality. My mm-hmm. therapist is always like, we don't have to do zero or a hundred, but yes, yes. I'm so I've, I've been there where I'm like, okay, I'm deleting everything I'm done. And I actually just came back from like a month off of social media and it was so refreshing, but I'm like, Caitlin, you cannot jump right back into like what you were doing. Like, mm-hmm. can you 
steward this well and have rhythms and boundaries. Hey friends, can you join me in prayer for the resilient people of Appalachia? The families living in the Appalachia region of the United States face intense and growing poverty. The lack of educational opportunities, diminishing job prospects, and harmful effects of daily hunger prevent hardworking families from prospering. These children, their families, and seniors suffer in unimaginable living conditions. Thankfully, for 60 years, Christian Appalachian Project has provided neighbors battling poverty in Appalachia much-needed essentials like nourishing food, clothing, home repairs, educational support, and elderly services. Join me in sending an uplifting message of hope and prayers to our neighbors in Appalachia at christianapp.org backslash prayer. That's christianapp.org backslash prayer. There, you can send a message of heartfelt hope and find ways to support. Again, visit christianapp.org backslash prayer. Okay, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Mamas. You are going to love this. I know that you don't want to miss a single moment when it comes to your kids and your family. That is why your camera roll is full of endless pictures of those babies. From silly little moments at home to family adventures to that cute matching outfit they actually all agreed to wear. You have taken and saved so many precious memories with your people I have an embarrassing amount of photos on my phone, and most of them are of my children. This is why mom and photographer Whitley Sander created a mobile preset, especially for everyday mamas, and it elevates your daily photos. I love this. Yearly family photos are great. I love getting those captured by photographers, but capturing the mundane everyday moments is just as important. The magic of their childhood and your motherhood lives on your phone, and now you can use just one click to bring these moments to life, make them beautiful for social media, to print pictures and hang them up in your home. And guess what? You can head to the link in the show notes and use the code COMEBACK, that's C-O-M-E-B-A-C-K, for a discount off your purchase so you can start enjoying the photos on your phone today. So, okay, talk to the mom, the college student, um, the single parent who uses something, uh, 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 novels, uh, phones, TV, um, food as a distraction and wants to stop, but is doing this all or nothing thing and feels so much shame around whatever her vice is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my favorite response to that is just using scripture, right? It is the mm-hmm. kindness of God that leads us to repentance, right? That scripture uh, just yes. like, reverberates in my brain because that's not what we're feeling with that shame and condemnation. Okay. So if it's Absolutely. the kindness of God that leads to a changed heart, how would he address me like a father in this situation? If I have a heart that wants to be rid of these things, like this doesn't feel healthy. Okay. So I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. I want to be obedient. And the way I'm on my phone, the way I'm consuming food, the way I'm consuming Netflix or whatever else, we all have triggers that like, okay, this doesn't really feel like a healthy thing to be sitting in this recliner yeah. for four hours and watching four seasons. <laughs> of who knows what, right? This doesn't feel that yeah. we have that response. We know that there's that, um, that resistance we have, that that's why 60% of Americans can say they're addicted for, to their phone. Okay. We're not naive. So I want to acknowledge that, yeah. but I want to acknowledge that more as a symptom than an issue. 
So, so why do I want to pick up my phone and, and mm. look at other people's houses and the way they've decorated? Am I really decorating my home or am mm-hmm. I discontent and prone to envy? Like what, what's behind this that I want to, okay. what am I trying to escape that I want to watch four seasons of whatever on Netflix that I want to eat all this food? Like what is behind this Lord in my heart that's causing this behavior? And I think getting behind that helps us deal with the behavioral issues first, right? Like what, what is this? Rather than just putting a Band-Aid on, you know, let me delete these social media apps because there's there's some great research with that. They've done some on social media fast and they don't really yeah. prove to be that effective. They can be a good tool, mm-hmm. like a, like a stopgap. And, and we do feel refreshed when we step away from it. And we know that that's probably healthy. But at the same time, they've measured what people do with that time. And a lot of times they just end up watching Netflix or they you know Gosh, it's not like yes. you're investing in relationships. We just find something else to turn something our else. To. Yes. So, so really what becomes important is focusing on what we want to focus on rather than what we're distracted by. Okay. So if um, distraction is defined as dragging or drawing away from what we want to focus on rather than the dragging or drawing away, can we think about what do I want my life to be about? Okay. Mm. If my days are numbered, if I know that from scripture, yep. is this how I want to spend them? And then, then the alternative is what do I want to spend them on? Okay. So not that any of these things, you know, yes, I want, I want to put that thing in a box and say, yeah, 15 minutes a day, I check and catch up with friends on Instagram. Fine. But the bulk of my day is spent doing these other things. I, I check in other boxes, doing things physically, stewarding it that way, investing in my children, reading scripture, all of those kind of things. So really focusing on what we want to spend our time on rather than the distractions themselves. Okay. I love that. And the fact that I'm telling you, the Lord just knew that he, he plans everything. We know that, but I love when I see it come to fruition. Um, since I just came back from that social media fast and I had that, like, I've, I've never read any of that research that you just mentioned, but I kept thinking this is not really like long-term working. Like, yes, I felt refreshed and I, I will continue to do those fasts. Like I think that I need to, but instead of just doing it and coming right back to it or yeah, like okay, now I'm just scrolling through like shopping websites or, um, yeah, home decor or watching four seasons of whatever. And like, listen, we've all been there. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've looked up and been like, I just finished an entire like limited series in Mm -hmm. one sitting. That's not okay. But that is so helpful. I think for everyone to hear that we cannot put a band-aid over it. My son that I keep talking about calls band-aids headbands. Mama, I need a headband. Mama, I need a headband because he thinks like that's going to fix it. That's going to fix it. But it, it doesn't like he needs me to put some me a sporn on it, or he needs me to put some ice on it or, you know, kiss it because that's really what it solves all the problems when you're a toddler. But it's so true that we are, I think we do that a lot. And I think that we try to put band-aids over soul issues. And we say, okay, well, I'll just do this because it's easier. And we find ourselves right back in the same rhythm a month later. And that's so helpful that your book is addressing that and saying like, it's not as fun to do it this way. And it's not as easy, but like, we've got to dig deep and say, why am I doing this? Like, what is going on that I'm totally trying to numb out from? And a lot of it is because a lot of us are dealing with some really, really heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested, do you address that? Or do you find yourself talking about that a lot about how once we really get down to the nitty gritty of it, we are trying to avoid like some serious stuff. And Mm -hmm. honestly, probably for good reason. Like I just, 
I have a lot of compassion for a lot of things people are going through because I see a lot of hurt and, um, and it's like, I don't want to look at someone and say, well, you just shouldn't do. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know why you sat down and had a pint of ice cream tonight. Like I would too. Um, so how do you address that? Yeah, we talk in the book about really remembering who God is through those circumstances, because that's that's really what this distraction does. It takes our eyes away from what we know to be true. So, so it's not like we don't know that maybe this is a bad idea. We not, we don't, it's like, I had no idea that eating all that ice cream was a bad idea. <laughs> sure. No, right. Right. Yeah. But when we, when we're numb with distraction, then we're not thinking rightly about situations and we're prone to believing lies. Okay. So that really hurtful, hard thing, that diagnosis, that mm-hmm. um, issue with addiction in your family or a friend or whatever that we're trying to get away from, even just like difficulty with kids. You know, I don't, I don't want to do the hard work of parenting right now. I don't want to do that. I don't want to um, sit down and connect with them because I'm exhausted. So then, then we process, what am I believing to be true about God right now? And those are the questions we really never get at when we let our mind be full constantly with just noise, yeah. you know, even if it's not social media, then we're plugged in with music. We have AirPods mm-hmm. in all the time, right? We always have noise. So we're not processing truth with the Lord. So, yeah. so that is really the key of it. Asking like, what am I believing to be true about God right now? When I check out, I believe he's distant. I believe that if I'm going to talk to him, he's not even going to listen. Mm-hmm. So he's not even worth talking to. I believe mm. that he doesn't even really care. Like th- this is what I'm doing when I'm opting for all of these other things to fill up my mind and heart in these moments when what I really need to do is come for the, before the Lord and say, well, you tend to my heart right now. Do you mm-hmm. care about these things that, that are grieving my heart that are in the world, all these unknowns that are really freaking me out. Like, I, I don't know what yeah. I think about, um, foreign relations right now and yeah. AI and all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. during the time of COVID, you know, I mean, how many of us were just scrolling for information oh, on our phones. Yeah. And I will say I was too, at the beginning, we're trying to figure out what is going on. What's right? going on. Yeah. R- rather than stopping and saying, but wait, 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 who is God in all of this? Who has he been throughout all of history? And that's why his miracles are recounted again and again. And and the Mm -hmm. Old Testament is woven into the New Testament because he wants his people to remember. Remember now, this is who I am. This is how I love. And this is what I do. So we can take that situation and analyze it and say, wait a minute, but this is who I know God to be either in my own life or in the lives of my family members or in throughout all of scripture, right? Through the lives of missionary stories and those biographies we read. This is, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how to see him at the beginning of COVID when this all doesn't make sense and this is super scary, but I do know who God is and that can change everything, right? Like I, I know he's going to yeah. be faithful because this is who he is. So we don't even get to that, like planting our foot in the sand spot when we're just going to like fill up the space and numb our minds yep. with everything in between. Yeah. Like I'm going to go on a walk and try to hear from God, but I'm going to listen to a podcast or I'm like, so my, my life right now is, Ooh, I have 15 minutes to take a shower. I'm going to listen to a podcast. Mm -hmm. And I remind myself like, no, I can be silent in the shower. And that's like some good prayer time for me. Like shower time is the time where I'm like awkwardly texting people. I'm like, Hey, I know this sounds weird, but I thought about you. I was in the shower and I prayed for you, (laughs) you know, like, but if I'm constantly listening to something, I can't do that. And I can't get back to who God is and why do I believe what I believe about God? That's, you know, that's something that is so important as believers is let me go all the way back to like, when did I learn this? Why did I learn this? Who told me this? And is that what I believe about God? Because that's going to influence everything else I do in my life. Um, That is, that's super, super helpful. 
taking a quick break from our conversation to tell you about another one of our amazing sponsors of the podcast. If you are looking for a way to help change the world and open doors for you to talk about Jesus, Caruso Christian Apparel is your next place to shop. They are on a mission to share the good news on t-shirts, accessories, and gifts that point to Jesus. And you can be a part of the movement every time you wear or give one of their products. If you just do not know how to talk about Jesus or introduce him to someone, let your shirt do the talking. It's an easy way to do it. Research has found that the average shirt has the potential to be read over 3,000 times. Caruso has men's, women's, and cute little children's clothing, and they have fun gifts like socks and mugs, perfect for the teachers in your life or friends and family, especially this holiday season. You can get your life-changing apparel today on caruso.com. That's K-E-R-U-S-S-O.com and use promo code COMEBACKCOUCH15 at checkout to receive 15% off your order through the end of 2023. Change your shirt, change the world. So what is one practical way that we can come back from this just epidemic of cultural distraction? Yeah. Yeah. It's just one tiny step at a time, right? Like what's the path Mm -hmm. of least resistance? What's one thing I can do? And, and the first step is just listening to the Holy spirit, like being prompted by that conviction. So what am I going to do now? Am am I going to turn off when I feel like, yeah, this is too much. I've been sitting here a while. Am I going to turn it off? Am I going to put that phone down? And and there's so many opportunities, particularly when you talk about being a mother to be accountable in front of the people in our house, right? This is, this is really what I've noticed with these teenagers, because yes, they see everything you do and they're not afraid to call you out on it. Right. Yeah. So, so sometimes that is just me being accountable because the, the distance between doing something uh, productive on a phone and something improductive is like like smaller than a millimeter, right? It's just, you know, I get on there for a good purpose. I'm going to look at this recipe because I'm making this for dinner. The next thing I know, something pops up, a notification, I'm over here and I'm looking at someone else's paint colors from high school that I haven't even seen for 30 years. Like, why do I yes. care about their like, paint colors? I don't care. I go from you know? literally, I'm making, uh, this is so like an internet meme, but it's like, I was making a casserole and now I'm looking at my um, high school teacher's ex-husband's sister. And it's yes. like, yes. what <laughs> happened? Yes, yes. That is so relatable. <laughs> exactly. So, so one thing we do just for that is just to call it out for what it is, you know? So if I pick up my phone and I'm in front of people in my house, I'll say, I'm looking up a recipe really quick. Cause you just don't know, you know, they don't know what I'm doing on it. They, you know, they, right. they know it's yeah, like, I'm yeah. committing it to them and I'm committing it to myself. I'm reminding myself I'm okay, looking up like this that. recipe. And so just saying it out loud, like reminds me what I'm doing. I mean, we, we've had distracted brains for ages and there's times the other day I, I opened up the fridge. I was making something for a kid. And then I look in the around the fridge, like, what, what am I looking for? Right. Cause that what happens. We have these moments mm-hmm. and I call it mm-hmm. out. I was making a jelly sandwich. Oh yes. I'm looking for jelly, you know, then I grab it and go yep. on. So we do the same thing with our phones. We just, I'm on here for this purpose. And I let myself know, and I put myself in a position of accountability in front of everyone else in my home. So it's not every time, but it, you know, when you notice that habit lingering, this is one way I can cut it out. I can say, I'm going to be accountable to you. I need to pick this up when my kids say, can you help me? Yes. But I'm texting a friend right now, you know, before they wouldn't, it wouldn't all be in one place of a friend who's hurting and I need to finish texting her really quick. So they know mom is doing healthy things. Yes. On and then I will yes. be right back to you. And then I will be a woman of my word and really will be right. So it's my job yeah. to put that phone down as since I'm, when, as soon as I'm done and I'm teaching them how to handle this in a healthy manner. And at the same time that I'm still learning to do so. That is really good. I'm going to use that. Um, I feel like I find myself doing that, uh, probably not in a healthy way, but almost as like a, 
when my husband, when he's like, what is she doing on her phone? I'm like, I promise I'm writing a post on Instagram or like, I promise I'm doing this, but like to even just set that precedent, like, Hey, let's start doing this. And then even like our children, as little as they are, will know like, Oh, well, mom's working. She's not just like playing. Um, Yeah. yeah, That is so healthy. That is really helpful. And something that people can actually practically do. It doesn't feel too far-fetched. I like that. Um, Okay. This has been so, so good. And one of the last questions I always make sure to ask, and I'm going to kind of put like a different spin on it, but as you've been doing this research and as you wrote this book, what is something that you can kind of look back on and say, wow, God did that 10 years ago, five years ago for me. Um, and it makes so much sense now that I'm fighting this battle of distraction and helping others do it. Yeah. This question is so powerful because it's the reflective work. A lot of times we don't see the good fruit in the moment, right? Fruit takes time to grow. And if we don't look back, then we never even saw that it happened. We don't even know that it happened. We don't acknowledge what God did there. So I love that you're encouraging people to do that. There's a, a famous quote that says, don't look back. You're not going that way. And I so disagree that with that. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're not going that way, but there's good things to be learned there. Like I want to see God's faithfulness over the long term. So one way I noticed that, Uh, when I was writing this book, uh, my dad was going through some major heart problems. Okay. All of a sudden he was super healthy Mm -hmm. and then boom, he, he had a heart attack. He had a quadruple bypass surgery. He wasn't doing well. And, um, he ended up talking to some doctors at the university about having a heart transplant. So we're just in this like whole season and space of life that you just never thought you would be in. And we're in it immediately. And, um, and when, when he was just praying for healing, right, my parents are strong believers and they've been faithful and they were just praying that the Lord would heal him. And when the doctors came in and said, we want to talk to you about a heart transplant that felt, um, it felt like disastrous to them. Like, I thought the Lord is going to heal me. It was just this place Mm -hmm. of desperation. Like, no, I didn't think we needed to, I didn't think anything was going to go this far. Right. And, and at the same time, my first book talks a lot about its memoir and it's about a time um, with my first daughter and 21 weeks into pregnancy, I lost that, that pregnancy. And so, mm. um, yeah, so I, I had, she was stillborn and it was a, a really difficult so p- position to be in. Yeah. To go through that. But at the same time, so, um, going through that, I, I trusted the Lord and there's a lot of hard things. And, and that was now 17 years ago. But um, a lot of people would ask me when they went through similar situations, because it's kind of rare. And they'd say, you know, I have a friend going through this and I would process these things and think sometimes I don't, I don't feel like I have that much to ask. You know, I don't, I don't have that to add to their situation. Like I don't, it's just really, really hard. And I just don't know even how much I learned anyway, going through this with my dad or as I'm writing this book and, and I'm, I'm remembering it as I'm writing it, right? Because I'm writing this memoir as my dad's going through this experience where you feel like all hope is lost. That pregnancy Mm -hmm. was difficult. And I prayed for the Lord to heal me. And the Mm -hmm. answer was so much different than I had hoped. Right. And it was at that moment when it all clicked, like, but God was faithful then it was incredible. It was crazy hard. And it wasn't the answer I wanted, you know, but I saw his faithfulness in so many ways. And the faith I had in that moment with my dad, when it all felt like this is, this is horrible. This is not what we had hoped for, but I knew who God was and I knew how he worked through worst case scenarios. Right. So that did not mean that my dad, you know, was instantly going to be healed the next day or that he might go to heaven. Like Mm -hmm. I had no idea, but I knew the faithfulness of God in a way I had never experienced before. And I thought, you did that. You took me through that other season. You reminded me of who you were in that season. And I didn't even know that growth occurred until I was in a similar situation and had to look back and see God in that way. So that was pretty powerful. Wow. Okay. So this is yet another way that God 
has like totally blown my mind in this conversation. I knew your book title was I Choose Brave, correct? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. that first book. Okay. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure exactly what it was about. And I have a friend who actually just this past week, um, I think she was about the same about 21 weeks and had a stillborn little girl. And I have been heartbroken and I've just been asking God, like, Hey God, I want to do something for her, but I really don't know what to do. And uh, I just have chills because he just gave me an answer and I'm immediately going to send her your book. So, um, gosh, that's, I know that that was devastating, but praise God that you can use it to help other people go through that and that he has used it a million times over in your that's life. Right. That's right. Um, like that, yeah, that will be the hardest thing. One of the hardest things she'll ever go through in her life, but it will be one of her deepest moments of really knowing the Lord. And that part, I we don't want to do anything, that. right? Yeah. Yeah. And even when I did text her, um, I was just amazed that that was kind of her answer. She was like, mm -hmm. you know what? Like we know the bigger picture and we know that God is going to work through this and yeah, that she's experiencing so him through that. So, yeah. um, gosh, thank you for sharing that. And, and thank you for just for this work that you're doing that. Mm -hmm. Yes. This book is about distractions and it's about, um, how we can come back from that, but it's so much deeper than that. It's, it's so wrapped into your message as a person of faith. Um, and that's just to get back to the heart of God and, mm -hmm. and why, and why it's so worth it to step away and stop being drug away from all these things of the world, mm -hmm. um, to just seek his heart because, because that God that we can put our phone downs to go meet is the God that helped you get through the hardest moments of your life with your dad and with your first daughter. So, right. yeah. um, yeah, that is powerful. And thank you. Thanks for being here today and for sharing all your wisdom. Okay. So everyone go get this incredible book, but get all of, all of Katie's stuff. I mean, it's good. So where can, yeah, where can we find your books? Um, where can we find you on social media, website? Tell us all the things. Yeah. Yeah. So the books are available at Amazon and Christian book, Barnes and Noble, pretty much anywhere books are sold. And um, I'm on my website, katiewestenberg.com and occasionally on Instagram at katiewestenberg as well. Awesome. Okay. Well, everyone go check her out, get those books, um, send them as gifts. Like I'm about to do, I'm literally about to go on Amazon right now and um, ship that to her. What a beautiful thing we get to do with Amazon is like, if I know I can't drive to her and get that to her, I can put her address in and have it shipped. So That's right. thank you, yeah. Lord, for Amazon, but let's not use it as a distraction. <laughs> um, thanks so much for being with us, Katie. Yeah, thank you, Caitlin. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for stopping by and sitting a while on the comeback couch with me. You know, I'd love to hear from you. Questions, feedback, and even requests. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at Caitlin Chapel Rogers. And hey, don't be shy. Share the show with a friend, post it on your social media and tag me, and send me your comeback stories. You never know when they might make it on the show. <laughs>